0: And I was like, "Are you sure?" They were like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." So, because um, I I doubt myself a lot, what mm-hmm. I did is that I went to eat in a lot of those restaurants where the brand yeah. works, and I started taking notes of oh, what nice. I see, the service, what I think, how I think they can improve it, and everything. I was, I'm like a very mm-hmm. I'm an anxious person, so I started reading all this uh, the financial reports. From the oh, company, wow. everything that they published, every single thing that I found online, like a waitress. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> so I started reading everything to prepare myself for the interview because all I was like, I've never yeah. done this. So.
1: Hi everyone, you're listening to Item Thirteen Podcast, and I'm your host Yom Tego. Every week, we'll delve into the world of African food, including chefs, curators, and bloggers. I hope you enjoy it. In this week's episode, I sat down with Suzanne Tiegah. The founder of Zest and Bliss, a creative lifestyle company specialized in hospitality and entertainment. Zest and Bliss is a multifaceted business offering operational consulting in catering and event production services. Suzanne holds a master in international event and festival management. We met on a rare sunny summer day in London and had a great conversation on the important topic of managing your African food operation. Her expertise and great sense of humor made this a fun and insightful conversation. I hope you enjoy this one as much as I did. Welcome to the show, Suzanne.
0: Uh, thank you for having me. It's
1: great to have you here on a beautiful day in London, and you know, we're yeah, stuck I'm inside. I'm
0: <laughs> for to talk we're about not for food. too long. Yeah,
1: <laughs> not for too long. Um, so let's start with you telling us a little bit about yourself. Introduce Suzanne to the world. <laughs>
0: <laughs> let's try to do that. So, so hi, I'm Suzanne. So I'm Cameroonian. I grew up in Cameroon and actually I'm a restaurant manager, restaurateur, people would say, because I work in different fields in the yeah. restaurant industry and also an event planner. So I do have a company that I created two years ago, actually, Zest and Bliss, which actually helps Chef to organize mm-hmm. events. Or support them if they already have contracts or help them run their own restaurants. So it's quite diverse. Yeah. lot around food. So that's literally me.
1: That's you. (laughs) That's literally a nutshell. Let's let's talk about how you ended up in London from Cameroon. (laughs) Wow, that's
0: a long journey there. (laughs) A two minute minute version. A two two minute (laughs) version. Uh, So I moved from Cameroon to France because, you know, a lot of French speaking people, which I'm from a French speaking background. Moved to France to, you know, study and everything. I didn't know actually quite what I was going to do. I just knew that I wanted to speak to people and that was it. So I moved to France for eight years. And then after eight years of going to school and working at the same time and adjusting I would say my studies according to my work experiences, I wanted to go to an English-speaking country. So I just took the world map and checked, which <laughs> really? country, yes. That's like, I was like, where can I go? You know, so I was like, U.S., no, to Ireland. <laughs> Canada too far if I have an issue and, I cold. Want to go, and cold like <laughs> literally very cold you know I checked you know temperature yeah. I checked everything I'm very tired and it seems very too far from mm. you know Cameron or anything if yeah. I wanted just to go and pop in right. and say family and then, you know, UK sound like the good compromise It's not very far from Europe and not very far from yeah. France also. So I started looking around to what I can do yeah. as a master anyway because I did my master here. And a, a lecturer of mine told me, you know, the best way to know what you want to do next is to write down all the very significant events that you had in your life mm-hmm. and all the moments where you had very great emotions that you felt fulfilled. And then you will see there's a, you know, the common thread most, most mm-hmm. of the time. And then there you can figure out what you want to do. So I started writing Writing down what I loved when I was little, cooking in the kitchen, organizing party, massaging people. Organizing parties. Yeah, I love that. I organize parties for my friends right. and everything. And so I saw all those moments, massaging people and all that. And then I sat with him and he kind of saw a common track with me. He said, yeah, you should do event planning. I was like, well, what? Like, do you can you study that? You know, I didn't know because in France it's not very popular. He said, yeah, of course, in England you can study that and it's a real job. So I did apply and then I came to UK. And I started, and then I was going to leave. And then a friend of mine told me, you should go to London before you leave. You cannot come to UK without going to London. And I came to London, and I found job in a city that I love so I'm oh
1: that's a good two minutes yeah (laughs) thank you thank you I did it like very quick (laughs) so let's talk a little bit about your masters And so you said you moved to London so you didn't do your masters in London no
0: I did my master in Edinburgh in Scotland so it was really interesting it was a one year master which in France we don't have we have in two years so it was already surprising for me it was very practical I had a lot of guest year that actually had business in events or you know that worked in big uh, events because Mm -hmm. the master in Festival and events right. management. So I master in events and festival, oh, yeah. management
1: yeah, yeah. That's international. So I
0: know, I know. It was international events and festivals wow. management. So we had a lot, to, a lot of lecturers that were either law, lawyers that work in big mega events or you know international mm, okay. because it, it can explain the struggle that you have an event mm, planner right. if you're organising. I would say the World Cup, for example. We had a lawyer that worked in mm-hmm. the World Cup. Say, so, you know, you have to think about you know the laws that apply when you. you know, I didn't
1: even think about that from the even just uh, yeah. oh
0: the logistic also they'll tell you when you have mega events the logistic of sending you know supplies from mm-hmm. all over the world and then you have to pay taxes when you're getting in but wow. then you can have yeah. you know you can have discounts because it's a special event mm-hmm. all these kind of things and he was say you know as an event planner mm-hmm. you have to understand that you can know the law but you have to know which people you have to talk to and you have to mm-hmm. be aware of all those small pieces that you know kind of stick together so the master was really interesting Mm. I learned a lot of things and I met a lot of people that are working in the industry so that was really nice and it gave me I would say more self-confidence in myself like realizing that it's actually something you can get paid for (laughs) (laughs) and so it was really interesting really really interesting and I started there I would say I think I had a a rough idea of the business I wanted to Mm. do there because we had a modern business planning so the whole year we're working each of us on a business idea of hours that I was normally supposed to be viable by the end yeah. of the year that we could launch if we wanted okay. instead of going to look for a job all right
1: so then you finished the masters and moved to london, london. yeah <laughs>
0: trying to figure out my life yeah. <laughs> afterwards so yeah. i moved to london and i started working like a lot of people in, in agencies to waitressing but i wanted to do just high end so most of the time i go to the Reese, the mandarin to see how it works behind the scenes and I was just applying for jobs, and I did. I was thinking, you know, I'm not that competent. So I applied to be a waitress, to be honest with you, <laughs> in, in a Russian. See, what and, is this thing with, pe-
1: like, low self-confidence? I, I, I know, I, think, I, don't know a, a yeah. I don't know if it's
0: a woman thing, I don't know if it's an African thing, I don't know if it's a French-speaking thing, because when I was in my class, I felt like English-speaking people had that yeah. thing, less sass about themselves, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm going to open my business. I was like... You're just like 20-something. like he's going to gonna do, like, gonna do it be a waitress. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, you're just 20-something. Are you sure you want to do this? So yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to apply to be a waitress, and then I'll figure out things along the way. And so I send my CV, and they call me back and say, don't you want to be a manager? I was like, Whoa, what? Whoa. Yeah, I, that was literally, I was like, what do you mean a manager? Like, manage people? Yeah, 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 yeah. you can that do that. That's
1: so interesting to me how, like, even your resume, your CV shows... Your, like you know, your strong skills
0: by you yourself, uh, yes. I've never, it, like, yeah, I've uh, really almost
1: lowered the bar. And like even yourself. though, yeah, even
0: though I had experience as a manager already in France and yeah. hospitality wasn't a restaurant, you know, and I was like, Are you sure? They were like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, because I'm I, I doubt myself a lot, what mm. I did is that I went to eat in a lot of those restaurants where the brand works yeah. and I started taking notes of oh, what nice. I see, the service, nice what I is. think, how I think they can improve it, and everything. I was. I'm like a very, mm-hmm. I'm an anxious person. So I started reading all this, uh, the financial reports from oh, the company, wow. everything that they published, every single thing that i found. But not like a
1: waitress.
0: <laughs> I know, I know. So I started reading everything to prepare myself for the interview because I was like, I've never done yeah. this. So during the interview, we had a, ch- I actually had three rounds of interviews. So I had one with the manager, then I had one from the technical team, then I had one with the financial mm-hmm. team. And I was like, oh, Trying to they don't want me, you know. And then after they call me, they like, yeah, you're amazing. We love your personality. Maybe you don't have experience, but the technical skills we can still teach yeah. you. But the personality and the you know the the, the right attitude, I think the, attitude yeah. the right attitude that you had, we we're very impressed because you didn't know anything, but you came and told us, oh yeah, in your financial result yeah. of last year, you said this yeah. and that. I can see that this brand is struggling and everything. So I started as a manager and I had a team of thirty people. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> was a big team. <laughs> I can tell you it was hard. I think the first the first two months I wanted to quit because yeah. no one will listen to me, but it was really but you were able
1: to figure that's that's yes, that's yes. amazing
0: right? yeah, it was it was a good experience yeah good and i think
1: part of it is so if i mean it's the attitude is the preparation and like i don't want to sound like an old person but i feel like a lot of young people today maybe it's also social media that glamorizes things mm-hmm. that don't like you don't go from a to z
0: like you need it's to put in the work yes right? it's true
1: and it's
0: true i think yeah sometimes even myself i tend to forget it because like when I wanted to transition because I always wanted to be event planner. Yeah. So it just happens that I started as a restaurant manager and all the time I was trying to transition to both through the event side of it. And I was like, I don't understand it. Like why isn't it working? But then I was thinking, yeah, but you have some skills, but you don't have yet the right ones. So you have to work on that. And yeah, and you said social media also doesn't help because no. people think that you can just wake up yeah. and be overnight success. overnight Warren Buffett. You know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know? yeah. I want to be rich and yeah. famous as well. It took him thirty years, maybe. Right. Yeah. Like, exactly. think right. about that oh, ten years? So. overnight
1: success. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, restaurant manager. Yes. I know you worked. Eventually, you worked at Nando's. How yes. did that happen, and what was that experience? Like? So
0: I. So my first company, I was a, a restaurant manager, and Nando's also I was a restaurant manager, but the interest that i have i'm a very curious person about a lot of things all related to events and yeah. food and drinks you know so that i didn't pick it up before some people did for me so i did my ration was very uh, sitting type of service casual mm. dining and i wanted to have a different experience of the you know learn from different people that mm. offer different experiences to 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 customers and actually during my master i did um, a presentation in nando's because, yeah, I, I know, very,
1: funny
0: enough, funny yeah. enough, <laughs> funny enough, I didn't know, because I was reading about different restaurants and different groups, and then I realized that Nando's is like South African Portuguese mm-hmm. Russian was like, oh wow, amazing, and they have restaurants in the US, and you know, now in US, that, yeah. in Canada, also in India, I was like, since when do we have a big uh, catering company that's African-owned, mm-hmm. and that is proud of it, and then shows and showcases it, so I was really fascinated, mm-hmm. so I did a research on them during my master. And then I was three months in my first job as a restaurant manager, and I had someone from HR Nando send me a mail saying, hey, do you want to work for us? I was like, oh, well, <laughs> I've just started here. <laughs> I'm not ready yet. <laughs> Let's just wait. Yeah, <laughs> I've just been here three months. They offered me a position I wasn't even dreaming about. Yeah. So I'll see. I'll contact you later. Yeah. So i was like, okay, fair enough. That's you know good. I was like, yeah, I just started here, so... So after a year and a half, like, no, I'm going to call them back and see, you know, what it's saying. And then I I bring her and she's like, yeah, we have recruitment days to come in. And we had a chat. We had some few exercises to kind of, you know, guess your personality. And we're like, yeah, you're the right fit for us. And they were the right fit for me also. You know, it's just a different style of, uh, you know, of catering or, you know, restaurant serving Mm -hmm. the guests. But the quality is still there. And I did learn a different approach to service, literally, and different approach to managing your team mm-hmm. also because the the age range wasn't the same. I had younger people. Yeah. Some of them it was their first job ever. Yeah. We had to help them open bank accounts also for a lot of them. So, so I it was moving from a team of thirty people where a lot of them were experienced waiter and even experienced chefs. Way older than me, mm-hmm. some could, could be even my dad yeah. moving to a team where I was the oldest in the whole yeah. thing, you know, and I had more experience than them. So I did learn how to manage different Yeah, age so roles. how did
1: you even, and I should have asked you this earlier, when you first picked up that team of 30, and like how did you figure it out? Like just <laughs> <that> <laughs> trial was, and mean, error. I think. It was
0: like, I remember my it was yeah, it it was tough it was I, I can be honest with you it was really difficult because I went in the team where a lot especially with the kitchen because mm-hmm. I think the chefs in the kitchen is harder for me to to get along with I went in the kitchen where they were all male they were all over 50 and I was just this tiny, small girl that came. <laughs> I never worked in the restaurant, yeah. and they knew it, you know, and they were used to have their own ways and everything. And they were adorable people. Like, when you get to know them, yeah. but at the beginning, I just even couldn't get in the kitchen. Like, I would get there, and they were like, get out of my kitchen. Yeah. And it was their <laughs> kitchen, you know. I'm like, yeah, why are you doing this? I was like, I'm just following the book, you know. <laughs> but then I started, that's the thing about me, because I'm very anxious, I do a lot of research. So I started o- first organizing the office for myself, because I like... Everything and then I started reading every file from every employee in my restaurant, oh, okay. knowing when they were born. So I had my I created to file your with the birthdays. birthdays, if they had any sickness, if they had any conditions, and everything like that. So I started taking care of them, even though they didn't like yeah. me. So I knew, okay, this one is diabetic; he has to take his medication at nine a at nine p.m. So nice. I'll just go there at like eight fifty five. I'll tell him get out, go and take your medication. Like, no, 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 I'm busy. I was like, no, I know how to cook. I'm going to cook. You go, you eat. Sit down and then you come back. Yeah, I don't want oh, you. So that's cool. small yeah. things that helped me. I think that w- they realized that I was yeah, yeah. I was caring for them, so I would stay there and help them. Also, if they were short-handed, yeah. I knew the whole menu, so I stayed. With my I training all with time them,
1: tasking. Yeah, yeah.
0: Just in case something happens, you never know. Because I'm always thinking that yeah. it's the end of the world. So I knew the whole menu, so I could support them. Also, so I think little by little by just showing them that mm. I'm not above them, I'm not the kind of managers that's just there and you you have Correct. to do this, you have no, to do that's that. Really good. It helped me connect with them, but it took me some time. It took me a lot of time.
1: But then you're able to translate that in some ways to your new Nando's team. Well, they were a little bit different.
0: Nando's were a little bit different. It was more of modern skills that I had to (laughs) develop. Yeah, it was different. It was yeah. like, yeah, more, more of the mothering skill that I had to develop. Before getting to the part where I had to train them to do something, I had to be more listening and yeah. asking them how the day was, <laughs> you know, what happened at home, yeah. you know, all these kind of things. That okay. I, I did it before, but, you know, people would take initiative to talk to me yeah. because I didn't want to invade them. Right. Whereas in will would feel like, oh, she's very cold or something yeah. like that. So I had to be kind of the friend, right. but still keep a limit. So I learned how to, you know, be friendly enough, but not too friendly. Okay. You know, that's what I Reasons, learned in Nando's. Yeah. So,
1: so then you do Nando's and decide now I want to do my own. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Overnight, <laughs> I want to do my own thing. Yeah, I, I now to... have
0: the confidence after and, everyone and to do Sony. my own thing. So that was a uh, well. When I started being in Nando's, I had more time for myself because I was say the company I was before. I was working a lot, like long hours, and sometimes even six days a week. It was it was enormous check intake, but then when i moved to Nandas i have more free time so i started going to more food events you know professional one trade events also and also meeting a lot of african chefs because mm. what i discovered when i came to london is that a lot of african chefs everywhere there's a lot of black people <laughs> everywhere i was like amazing you know yeah. <laughs> so i started eating out and meeting chefs and speaking with them and all the time i'll give them advice like you know you should do this in your restaurant you should check this you should do that and they were like can you come and help me? I was like, well, I'm busy, I'm working, you know, I have a job already. And then at some point, one of the chefs was like, well, can I, you know, can you quit Nando's and come to work for me? And I was like, you know, I don't want to work for someone anymore. I want to work with someone. It's not the same thing, you know, there's just a small, slight difference there. So, I was like, you know, I always wanted to create my company anyway. So, yeah, why not, you know? It was just a one, you know, one time this year, I went home, I created my own company on the HR and say that night, the day after I was there, like, Nando's, goodbye. Yeah. I have to go in. Yeah, that was that was literally it. I had like uh, that was literally it. It was like wow. in one night everything yeah. was decided. I didn't have a name, nothing. I was like, yeah, let's do this, you know. Okay. So, but I had a client already, so I think that yeah, that kind of helped me to move awful. into the yeah. position. So I was full time entrepreneur for a few months, and then after I was like, mm, this thing is very difficult, yeah. you know, and I didn't prepare it. Like I'm not a preparation type of person, even though you might think. So I did get into it, and it was really insightful. I did mm-hmm. learn a lot during those few months. Where I was just full time working okay. for different chefs, different people actually. Okay,
1: and so. so you call your company Zest and Bliss. Yes, let's talk about why it's called Zest. And why? Bliss. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: So it was a long process of a year minimum of looking for names. <laughs> I, uh, I take, <laughs> well, my, time, right, I, I, I take
1: my time. Yeah, I take my time. <laughs> I started
0: looking first for Swahili names and then maybe uh, Latin names. So like, I was looking for something. Mm. And I, did, I didn't know what, actually, so but then I started, because I'm very tall, I started thinking, okay, what do I want people to feel? Because at the end of the day, when you're doing an event, you want people to go with the feeling mm. home and emotion him. And I started writing things about the, the feeling that I like to emulate, and also I went back into the exercise of thinking about all the mm. moments that I liked in my life, and how I made people feel at those moments, and mm. why I liked those yeah. feelings. So I would start writing, you know, just adjectives and words, mm. and then synonyms and everything and also i tried to find something that was a little bit like me also Mm -hmm. so i started writing asking friends and sending uh you know questions to friend personality questions to friend like what do you think about me what's my qualities and everything and ex-boyfriends also like i was just serving (laughs) every (laughs) single person on earth my mom and everything and then i pick up all those you know common words that it had and i started looking for adjective and synonyms and then a lot of things that people told me is that i'm cuckoo i'm a little bit quirky you know i'm like weird my mom would say crazy <laughs> so i was looking for all those words and you know the word that came along was phrase a lot of zest you know some kind of sass to your life and i just like the word zest and bliss is also one of those feelings that i love to emulate you know i like people to come home and be happy i always like to receive friends home they have just for two, three minutes or an hour, you just forget whatever mm-hmm. is happening around you. Just enjoy the moment, and then you know that's how kind of the name came. It's a bit of me, a bit of what yeah. I like people to feel. That's cool. After being that's really me. cool. I always okay. like to hear stories
1: of how people came up with the name. That's <laughs> really, really like Like <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. I think my <laughs> <And then> time. <laughs> that's what you're getting here. Okay. Yeah. So then, what services? Let's break it down. What sort of services do you offer so, to the clients that come
0: to you? Yeah. So I have. I would say I have two different mm-hmm. clients mainly. I have chefs mainly. That was the first mm-hmm. you know pipeline that I went down to and the chef the service that I offer are very varied so after have with chef will just help them to pop up events so yeah. literally I'll help them from zero to finish okay. we design the menu together we see how we can Earn some money from there. The portioning also preparation beforehand, mm-hmm. breaking out the day, and then I also do the setup. You know, I recruit the front of house, mm-hmm. and then I do the design and decoration. And sometimes I also created some piece, uh, pieces out, pieces myself
1: oh, wow. because
0: I just couldn't find what I wanted <laughs> for the venue. Yeah. Uh, so that's one pipeline. Also, some chefs that have restaurants already and they are struggling, and they ask me to come and help them either just to train the staff or to really manage the whole ration, which is what I've done before. So that's easier for me or oh, I just come like a, a one-off event to have them on, that, on no. that side yeah and now I'm starting to develop to work more with I would say public and you know personal people so organizing weddings now you know oh amazing yes I know. amazing <laughs> amazing some organizing weddings now and I have one big one coming next next year, so it's really interesting. So I would say those are the two, two I would say two type clients ta- like, yeah. I do have at the moment. Are you mostly doing um African chefs, African well? It's a mix of so so far I've had just African chefs. Okay, it was not an intention, yeah. I would say, of mine. I was just like, you know, I want to help anyone or everyone, but I did feel like in the African community there's a lot of struggle still there. Right. So that's why somehow it just fell off that. A lot of people that come for me, for me, for help are Mm African chefs. Okay,
1: and then how do you grow your client base? Like, how do you get new clients?
0: So, so far, I have to be honest, I've not been looking a lot. (laughs) I'm not good just... in advertisement. That I have to say, I have to work on that aspect. Most of the time, it's really, literally, recommendation. Okay. Even the wedding was recommendation. I didn't okay. have to send any email, pitch anything. That's I still good. have to work Your on work my elevator pitch. I have to still work on the elevator pitch. It's literally just meeting people, discussing with them. Chatting with them, like, oh, you have experience? Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, I do have. And then they'll meet a friend of them that has a struggle. And that's literally how you work most of the time. Like, I know someone mm-hmm. that can help you. And they'll give my phone number. And that's just how I get my clients. So with it's no work. I still need no, to be I able like, to, no, you know, to be full-time mess. entrepreneur. Yeah. So I think if I put a bit more work there, then I'll be... Oh, time, cool time you know all
1: right so let's take a short break now and then when we come back we'll sort of delve more into the topic of catering and african food businesses mm. how you create like unique dining experiences for them and the challenge more into the challenges of starting your own business yes. so we'll take a short break and we'll be right back So we are back from the break. Yes. Uh, talking about a little bit more about your business, but in terms of the challenges that you face in running like going from the structured and mm. et cetera, to like, okay, now you're the woman in charge. Exactly, of everything. <laughs> yeah, of everything. So maybe like what would you say are your top three challenges in running your own My own business. business? So and especially
0: it, when you think about the clientele that you also have. That I'm having. Okay, so Top three problems that I did have is preparation. <laughs> even though I'm a Tory person even yeah. though I'm a person, I decided to go in business overnight. Yeah. yeah? So a lot of things they say, yeah, you don't need money to run your business or anything. Well, I think when you're full time you need to have a bit of security somehow, yeah. even if it's going back to live with your parents yeah. or anything like that. I would say in my case, I have a student loan to pay, which a lot of people do. <laughs> I, yeah. I do. It's it. See? Like and topic. so the glamorization of you being an entrepreneur, you're like, yeah, I work for myself. Yeah. But then you don't realize that when you're in a big structure, you have a lot of cash flow. So even if you cannot pay straight away a bill, the bank knows you. Yeah. So they're going to let it slide. When you're by yourself, you don't pay a bill. They don't know you. <laughs> so I think you have to have a bit of financial preparation when you're getting into a business, be it taking a loan or anything, but you have to have some kind of net yeah. there to help you out because the worst decision you can take are when when you're like constrained and you cannot think properly and clearly. I think that's what happened to me a lot is that at some point I wasn't able to think ahead that much because I had to think of now yeah. and because of those financial issues. So I think prepare, financial preparation is really important. Uh, when you're starting a business. And let's not not, not overlook it yeah. at all. It's really important. Then the second thing that I say uh, we have is that at the beginning, I didn't have a clear idea of who my clientele was. So I would just meet people and you, like I told you, they would yeah. come in and we were like, yeah, great. I'll just work with you. And then being able to kind of set out who I want to work with Mm -hmm. and who I don't want to work with because I've spent a lot of time pitching, speaking to people and having, and then finally realizing that they were not the Mm -hmm. right fit for me. But I think if I did figure out from the get-go who am I, you know, working for, then I'll be able to kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, remove all the noise around that. This would be the second thing. And the third thing, (sighs) that is the loneliness of it all. Oh, yeah.
1: You You know, I did read somewhere, I read somewhere that, like, there's a lot of
0: lone and depression like with entrepreneurship yeah. that it's people the, don't talk
1: about a lot. Like you said, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's the, the glamorization.
0: Your, yeah, it's the loneliness of it all. All my friends well, I've always been the like kind of the crazy friend, you know, that goes and travel overnight yeah. So like, Yeah, I'm going there, you know. I don't take a lot of time to do big decisions so when i started my business they all knew that i always wanted to have so everyone was like oh yeah it's amazing yeah. you have you have you're a bus lady now you know and you know and every time they'll call they were like oh you have your own company i, I envy you so much i would like to quit my full time and just come and you're like i still have to figure out how i'm going to pay my rent this month. like you know and they're like they oh you're so busy it's amazing And all your friends would give you all this appraisal and then when you get by yourself in your room just like I don't see it. Like, you don't see it and you don't have anyone to speak with no. about your struggles, you know, or your doubts and everything. Like I said, I'm a very anxious person. Obviously, Like, maybe I'm not working hard enough yeah. and you don't have a lot of, I would say, support when you're by yourself, yet. And sometimes you just don't have the courage to go so in, in any networking yeah. event where you speak like that with people. So I think, yeah, it's very uh, lonely. How do
1: you deal with this? Because I find that, I mean, like, obviously I'm not a... Full-time entrepreneur. I wouldn't even call myself an entrepreneur per se, but like even running like Essence Thirteen and sometimes mm. with this podcast also, um, it is lonely, mm-hmm. right? Like you yes. go through all the work and then you post. Like for me, you post it out there, and, mm. you like, and not that likes are a measure of or shares are a measure of success. Mm. But you're like you want the story or this thing that you've poured your heart into to go to, to as many people exactly, or you know yes. people to experience as much as possible. And you don't see that and then you're just like so let like mm. how do you how do I find you it from your perspective.
0: Well because I'm a kind of a friend of mine told me once that I have because I think that I'm a very pessimistic person. But I, for <laughs> me I don't find I don't find it bad. It's just that I always think that it's going to it can it can never get Better, Like, I always think that something bad is going to happen. That's how Which I... It's a
1: double-edged sword, right? Exactly. You, you prepare so, for it or it makes you crazy. Yeah, exactly,
0: exactly. So for me, the loneliness part, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to be depressed. And, you know, so what I do, what I love doing is dancing. So that's one of the things I love dancing. I <laughs> wanted to be a dancer when I was younger. But my mom gave me a look and I understood as an African... <laughs> For my African yeah. mom to like over my dead body so that one I quit but I still have a lot for you know for African for African music and dancing anyways and I love cooking also so a lot of time I would just go in my kitchen and cook you know not even for me because I'm not even eating it or just give it yeah. to my neighbors so I find joy and I think that's why I work in the industry mm-hmm. I find joy serving people so when I feel bad about my numbers and I'm on my spreadsheet yeah. and I'm like where's the money going and everything I just go in my kitchen and cook something and just knock at the door of my neighbor and give it to him yeah. I will about that, or just go out Dance a bit yeah. You know Have fun And come back to it You know And that was just I would say The easiest way to do it Or dream about You know My dream house How would be You know Just kind of Try to project yeah. myself In the future But it's not easy I would say It's not also easy To unplug from it You know Like you're always Working 24-7 yeah. almost But You kind of Have to Work yeah. through it You have to Suffer through it I guess And just accept That those are the emotions That you're going to have But then no, okay, it So then,
1: like, what do you? I wasn't going to ask, but what do you enjoy about working, doing what you do for
0: yourself, and then the work you talk a little bit about serving people. Serving, I love serving people. Like, I sometimes it's tiresome, <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, why am I doing this? Yeah. But at the end of the day, I think that I love having interactions with people. I love being able to understand them and offer them a service as something, a small thing that we we'll mm-hmm. never think about. Uh, the company that i work now with like my you know i would say my nine to five job that i do now at some point i told one of the guys like yeah i might be moving i don't know i'm always moving anyway and the guy was like no please don't go i was like what do you mean like you're old man, like i love your smile when i come in the morning like when i see you in the morning and you're smiling if you're not there that's not it you know so he went and see my manager he's like no don't leave don't let her go i was like Let's be less intense. Yeah. And that, those are small moments where I had a lot of my clients became not friends but we we'll spend holidays together, yeah. you know, or they send me messages about how the kids are doing and you know, mm. how they're growing up and everything. And those are the things that I think are really mm. you know, even though the yeah. days long and hard, a good laugh for the team or a client yeah. it's That's really thankful. amazing, yeah. you know.
1: So, um, now let's talk about your clientele in the in the context of African food which we are yes. talking about. Yeah. What do you see based on the work that you do are the sort of <laughs> I'll say top three again, like top three yeah. challenges challenges that African food businesses face today in mm. in,
0: in the well from what I've seen in London and which I think a bit in, in France also and also in Cameron is the lack of experience. A big lack of experience. What do I mean? Being a chef is something. Running a business is something Mm. else. Even running the business as the numbers is something else than running a restaurant, doing a shift, and, you know, offering an experience. And I feel like a lot of people do forget that that's the biggest part of the job. You can have an amazing food, but if the experience, even the layout of the restaurant Mm -hmm. doesn't, uh, you know, kind of uh, highlight that, then you've done nothing. So it's great that we have a lot of chefs coming out now. We have a lot of people trying the food and everything, but I feel like that missing one of the biggest part of the business is to have yeah. a manager. Someone who manages the business and knows yeah. how it works. You don't have to be the manager. You can be a chef and just find someone who's qualified to do it for you. And and also a lot of people don't take time to go and work in the restaurants. So a lot of them will be like, yeah, I have a restaurant, you I like to cook it, yeah. and everything. But when you go and actually work for a year or six months or just a summer time with chefs yeah. that have to do every single day, I don't know, 80 covers yeah. or 160, 100. My first restaurant were 160 covers. That means 160 dessert, 100, you know. And oh, if yeah. you have someone like that, I can show you how do you send a dessert at yeah. it at the right time for a table of ten people, for example, yeah. or anything like that. Those are skills that you can learn in the book, and yeah. those are skills that you can learn in in your kitchen home cooking yeah. by yourself or cooking for ten people. It's another level of skills yeah. that you have to develop. I think to have a great. So,
1: advice that they would. With- at least spend some time. Yeah, spend working in
0: a Russian good, good, yeah. good kitchen, good ration, Also, you know, like I said, I had I had a great experience when I started. I had one month in the kitchen, so I learned how to cook with the chefs. I'm not a chef, but yeah. I understood, you know, the processing, the prep in the morning. Mm-hmm. How do you, you know, how, what you can prep like even two days in advance? Yeah. How long you can keep the food in the fridge? All these regulations are, but in a more practical level. Yeah. Uh, You work also on the floor to understand how you serve people, when you serve people, how to read the body language of the people that are sitting there, if they're happy or not, before they say anything. And then also the managing side of it, of like the numbers, what you record or what you don't record. So I think it's really important for the businesses that we have now to go and work in good institutions that have a good, you know, good job and good standards so Mm. they can see what good standards look like. Because in a lot of restaurants that I see here, a lot of them don't go and eat out. Yeah. In other restaurants, so, fine dining or anything like that, so they can see what people yeah. are expecting from them when they're coming yeah. to the to the business, yeah. you know.
1: Because you say that, and I think of a specific Nigerian restaurant in New York, mm. which probably needs that experience, <laughs> <laughs> because it's like you go you go to this restaurant. It's a very popular restaurant, but mm. I'm sure if people listening who live in New York probably know the one I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you go and like. The place is half empty. Okay, so maybe you go during the day, or whatever. So it shouldn't be busy. So when I sit down within five, it's even five minutes is long, but within like it's five minutes, long. you should count. Like you're sitting at the bar watching me. Like you know, you can tell from our body language that like yes. you are saying that we yes. are waiting for you to bring yes, us a menu, yes, explain yes, yes, yes. whatever. That doesn't happen when the menu eventually comes half of the stuff is not cooked, not ready, or whatever, then whatever they bring out is mm. microwave. You can tell, okay, this is where we have less of a It can be so embarrassing. If you're bringing someone new to experience yes. African
0: food, or Nigerian yes.
1: food specifically... That experience alone is just,
0: yes, just. Well, I I have to say <laughs> I have to be honest that when I bring African non-African friends to African restaurants, which I always I always try to do, I always tell them we're going to wait. Like I just prepare <laughs> them. I'm just I'm, like, like, I'm, mean, I'm preparing but you. That's, that's Let's have a though, right? Yeah, I know, that but I say be... have to prepare them yeah. like. Let's have like a small snack and then have a <laughs> bottle of wine or two. Sometimes it's even you have the time yeah. to finish two bottles of wine before your food arrives. You know, I remember once I was in the restaurant in London, I had to wait 45 minutes for a puppet soup. 45 that's minutes. Just, I'm just so like, yeah. what were you doing? Are you chopping still the, like the meat or what's happening in your kitchen, you know? Yeah. And that's why I say it's so important to, it's not just about you having a bit of money and thinking, oh, I'm going to open right. a restaurant. It's being able to do a prep. For me, a pepper soup, you can prep it today and serve it today and tomorrow. So you should be just a way of you warming it up at the beginning of the service, having the right temperature and, you know, having a bain-marie, which sometimes, like, once I talked with the Russian owner, I was like, wow, you should have a bain-marie for your soup and then keeps the temperature. Like, what's a bain-marie? I was like, what, what, what? (laughs) Like, what do you mean what's a (laughs) bain-marie? That's one of the first tools you should buy for your kitchen, you know? So I think, yeah, the lack of experience is one big thing and also i think the second thing that i would say that i see a lot is um, uh they're not thinking big enough you know in our industry i'm not thinking big enough mm. and especially when i came in london there's a lot of chains here people don't like we don't feel it because every time you go to a nando's you feel like it's a it's this, unique yeah. and was i talk about nando's every single nando's restaurant has a unique design you never see two nanders alike Mm -hmm. the design the artwork everything is different even the layout because the flow for the client is different right so every time you go there you have a unique experience Mm -hmm. in that restaurant it won't be the same in another restaurant you know so i think the restaurateurs or the restaurant owners are not thinking big enough it's like how can i create an empire from this that way when you're designing your menu you're designing a menu for an empire so i think that's one of the things we're thinking too small like like I paid my bills, I paid everything. You just say to me <laughs> yeah. before off off of record, like, yeah, you paid your bills, you paid school for kids, that's it, I'm done, yeah. you know? And that's one of the big things. Catering industry is really big. It's billions of yeah. dollars. It's a big, big market, and you still have newcomers, and still yeah. have people buying all the newcomers, so there's big money to be yeah. made. And so
1: especially now today, where people are cooking less for themselves. Exactly. You know? and so there's exactly. Just...
0: There's many options. You can do ready meals. You can work for co- com- yeah. corporate companies. You can even work in just, I would say, more industrial side mm-hmm. of it. So there's so much to be done. And I think we're not just not grasping it enough. Yeah. And we're not aware of the diversity of the jobs and, you know, mm-hmm. careers that you have in the you yeah. know, agro, agro business, actually, which is you yeah. know, it's quite diverse. So that's the second thing that I've seen here so far. So, I said, life of experience, I would say also, like I said, no, not thinking big enough. Mm-hmm. And the third one is, I think that those covers, those two, yeah. those two covers okay. the biggest challenges that we have in the industry okay. too, so far.
1: Okay. And so, based on your experience, if an African food business owner was listening, like, what, like, two, three tips would you give them? Something they can do today to sort of change the experience that they're having, in it,
0: whether it's a pop up, whether it's an actual restaurant. Mm-hmm. So first if you don't want to do it or if you cannot do it recruit someone that can do it for you. Yeah. That's money well spent, you know. So I think having a restaurant manager, you don't have to be owner and manager. Yeah. If you don't know how to do it, fair enough. You don't have to be chef. <laughs> no. Exactly. If you don't know how to do it, recruit someone who's qualified who has experience, not just your cousin or your brother. No, that's one thing and that's going to make a big change yeah. because that person is going to come and tell you what's not working right. in your kitchen going to help you recruit also new staff for your kitchen or not and train you, your staff because the manager can train mm-hmm. your staff and I think also automation, like having systems in place that's one big thing that we don't have as systems because if you have a system that you know what you're selling yeah. a lot during which day so you can order accordingly yeah. like you said going <laughs> to the restaurant where you don't have things on your menu it means that they don't have any system to yeah. record the sales not properly anyway. Yeah. So you don't need to have a fancy software. It's easier if you have a software because that does all the calculation yeah. for yourself. But you have a lot of books out there where you can learn how to do yeah. kind on of Excel shit. So that's an interesting thought because then a, a software
1: will tell you, okay, um counted kind of, Yarm yeah, sells
0: exactly X on
1: Mondays and like exactly. And plan. It oh, makes you too.
0: So a lot of, like when I started, I'm lucky that I started big companies. So. Mm numbers are everything numbers tell this you know all the time in entrepreneurship they say number tells the story yeah, yeah? so literally when we're doing your projection, because one of the things that we had to do is when you're doing the rota of recruiting people you have to recruit according to what you think you're going to sell but how do you know mm-hmm. that you know so it's difficult when you're just starting your business to kind of forecast mm-hmm. but when you have already one year in your business or two years you have a lot of data like you have like a gold mine there right. of oh, data. you should, have a, you of should have a lot of data because every single day you should record how much sales you made how much tax you're paying on those sales so what's the net mm-hmm. revenue that you have how much stuff you paid for those for, for that mm-hmm. money so how much stuff do you need to make mm-hmm. that type of money how much percentage it is on your yeah. you know on your the benefit that you're doing and then every single item what you're selling yeah and every day you're going to record that yeah. and every day is going to give you a picture of the type of food that people like and at which season. So next year, when you're like in May, let's say May, or you're doing projection for next week. We're in June now. July, let's say. Next week. So how much do I think I can make at sales? Go back to last year. How did how many right. sell, how much sales yeah. did I made last year? How, what did I sell last year? Right. Was the temperature the same last year? Was it warm uh-huh. or hot? Or how was it? You know, yeah. did they did we have any big events last year? Did we have the same big events mm. this year in the area.
1: Interesting.
0: You know, yeah. and all that data helps you to say, okay, I'm going to do a thousand pound or two thousand yeah. pound. And then I last year I needed two people. Do I need more people this year if I'm trying to see three yeah. do three thousand? Then maybe I need an extra person. You know. All those numbers mm-hmm. are going to help you understand your business and maybe make better decisions. Yeah. If you see that you're not selling the Fanta, remove it. <laughs> yeah. You're not selling it. You, or the yeah. the, or the money you're making for me is it, not enough to cover all your costs. Yeah. Just remove it from you the menu. It. And it's not really something sentimental. It's just the data. Yeah. Data tell you what you have, what that's is good, really good plan, what the yeah. good practices. Yeah. So I think that's one of the things, creating systems. I love systems because they never fail you, in a sense. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's a
1: good, good, good. Like, I'm... Thinking about this, the idea of systems, and I think that, that that's going to be a game-changer between having a good system and a good restaurant manager.
0: Those two... Bang on. Like yeah. it was going to take some time, but those two because the restaurant manager is going to help you reorganize, reshape right. your yeah. the experience of it. That's like what people can see. And okay. even yourself, even money wise, you know. Because sometimes just one come, you can do mm-hmm. do the job of two people yeah. that are just half <laughs> com- competent and that's money that you're right. you might think, Oh, I'm paying him a bit more yeah. per hour, but actually how much f- faster can yeah. you send food outside? It means how much turnover. Like one tip also that I would say is when I say When I see restaurant owners and I say, that's why you need a manager is that you have to have a turnover on your table. For me, when I have a table in a restaurant, I expect my client to be out in an hour, hour and a half maximum. That way I know on the day I have a turnover this much on that table. That's yeah. also something. If you're serving me my paper soup in forty five minutes, you've lost already <laughs> yeah. you're giving me fifteen minutes to eat it, pay my bill and everything, my turnover yeah. on that table is ridiculous. Yeah. So if you're having people That's staying amazing. on your table too long, then you cannot make enough money from that table. You know, and those are small tips yeah. that a manager. Will. We know that as a rational owner you don't have That's to know. Fair. You don't have to. That's why I I really want to stress that to people. You don't have to know it. It's fine if you don't know it, but yeah. just acknowledge get it right and get the right to person to it. do so it. So is for that you.
1: something? I'm, I know you said you are not marketing yourself yet. But I'm <laughs> trying to do that for you. Is that something that you offer as a maybe consulting service?
0: Yes. Or even... Well, so I've worked like with the. Um, I had one chef that had a restaurant, okay. yeah? So I did work with her. And one of the things that... You cannot be everywhere also at the same time. We I mean. might have different projects and everything. And that was one of the things. That, uh, uh, train the front of house so that they can, you know, be faster mm-hmm. and everything. Work with the kitchen, and yes, that's something that I do offer because that's something that I know right. literally yeah. how to do. So that's <laughs> not really difficult for me to. <laughs> I know you just sit down. Off yeah, exactly. I can yeah, just sit can down do in your restaurant and tell you, okay, I know this is happening yeah. in your kitchen. I know it's wrong. I know, like, you no know, legislation wise, I can see. Yeah. You know, I can see literally what's wrong and okay. the, no, yeah, and help you work really on important that.
1: And it's a real key, hopefully, a real key differentiator for African because I think we don't do well in the service experience. No, don't we don't do a really good job. Like the food is great, but we that only really gets you so far. Exactly, but so. it's
0: because they don't think about it, and that's why uh. I say if you're going, if you have a Russian and you're a restaurant owner or a chef, you should be eating out at least once a month in another restaurant. And a better, it's like a better restaurant compared to your service. So you can see the difference and you can say, what are they doing good that I'm not doing? And how can I translate it to my African restaurant and African experience? It it doesn't have to be an African restaurant. You have to go... I mean, someone... I was reading the menu of Petrus. It's a restaurant from Gordon Ramsay, yeah? You have a glass of Petrus that are 900 pounds, just one glass of wine. For people to go and pay that kind of $900, yeah, you understand? So for me, I was like, okay, I need to go and eat there. I don't still have that kind of money. But I know that. Service wise, yeah. if they're offering you a glass of wine at 900 pounds, there's yeah, something they're doing right. And the people are get, going there. purchase has been open for years and yeah. years, I think more than 20 years. So there's something that they're doing right for people to be able to just pay 900 pounds <laughs> for a glass of wine. Let's not even count the food. food. <laughs> like It's just one glass, oh, it's not the bottle. I was going to say, it's not it's like, a bottle. <laughs> it's, it's not a <laughs> bottle. You? It's like, like, <laughs> of,
1: like I'm going to go to I website
0: back for a bottle. What exactly. A glass? So if you're a ration owner at your small level and you go to those kind of restaurants and you see how they're working. You like oh, "Okay, maybe I don't want it to be this uptight." Yeah. But what are the small things that I'm doing that mm-hmm. I can implement in my well, and then make amazing. a difference? Yeah. You know. So you should be as a Russian, and because it's very easy actually to do kind of like economical spy or like spying competitors. Yeah. It's very easy. In a Russian, is one of the easiest. Yeah. So you just
1: go but <laughs> and you
0: just go and dine, yeah. and that's it. <laughs> You learn Ooh, tips from them. So
1: much we learned here today. Yes, oh, no. All the tips. Thank you. Thank you. This is You're really welcome. great. Um, before we transition to rapid fire, yeah. tell people where they can find you online.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, so far online, you can find me on Twitter, which is like really <laughs> the best place for me anyways. Uh, so, Twitter at Suzanne that's me i'm also on facebook but i have to say my facebook is like like i said my marketing <laughs> yeah. is not the best ever i'm working on my website so i'm going to do a website as that's going to be coming out soon but mainly i'll be on twitter okay yes all
1: right good all right so rapid fire question <laughs> <laughs> i'll ask you this person because you just mentioned i think i know your answer already instagram or twitter twitter I still have to figure (laughs) the
0: Instagram, the nice pictures thing.
1: So you were in Edinburgh for your master's. yeah Edinburgh or London? If
0: you want to. That's a difficult one. (laughs) I'd say London because I can meet a lot of Scottish people also here. (laughs) Okay, I have a bit of everything here. Everything, yeah. Okay, buffet or à la carte? À la carte. À la carte. Red wine or white wine? Ooh, it depends with what, but I'll say red wine is healthier, less sugar, so <laughs> okay. it will be a healthier option. All right, coffee
1: red. or tea? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go for tea. Let's go for tea. I'm English. Yeah. <laughs> um, dine in or take out?
0: Uh, dine in, always, yeah. all the way out. Sweet or salty? Salty salty hours
1: <laughs> morning person or night person night i'm i just i i'm oh, a zombie yeah, until night. 10 yeah. Um <laughs> uh, if you had to live on one dish for the rest of your life wow. what would that be one dish
0: yeah Ooh. oh mm. i'll say peanuts too Oh really? Like yes. a Cameroonian you know, West African peanut stew It's yeah, penis. Penis yeah. Is okay. really good. But in Cameroon, we do it with okra. Also, we put okra oh, sometimes yeah. inside. So it's quite diverse. We put yeah. sometimes we put some vegetable cassava inside. Yes. You know, we we yeah. play around with the word <laughs> peanut too. I love peanut too. <laughs> good, good, good. And then, what's your favorite
1: African restaurant or pop up anywhere in the world? <laughs> in Could
0: be Paris, yeah, I know, I know. You know. Um, so I don't have a favorite one yet
1: because you don't want to mess up any of your time <laughs> like you I don't have one. a favorite
0: one yet because I still have to find the right combination okay. of I would say food, good, experience. food experience, good service and also the consistencies okay. of it all. I know, that's a good So, so because you have to be able to go many times there and still find the same yeah. service and the same quality and I feel, I feel like that's also one thing that's yeah. missing a lot so I still have to find a good one but I'm looking forward to try some because I've not tried everyone yet. But yeah, consistency. But I don't have a favorite one, to be honest with you, because I feel like we don't have the right mix yet of all those three elements.
1: We'll need to come back and ask you like a year from now if you you found the right one. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And And I know the people that are listening, especially those that own... African restaurants, yes. or two pop-ups, we will have learned some tips today that they can I use. hope also. So, yeah. Maybe I
0: should do a three-to-thread out through thread about like things today. Yeah, yeah this is good. Alright, thanks guys. This is the end of
1: the episode. We'll see you next time. Bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening to item thirteen, an essence thirteen production. If you like the show, please subscribe, rate and review us on iTunes keep up to date on news and events from essence 13 please follow us on instagram facebook and twitter essence and the number 13 thank you